You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark or the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight is my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Later in the episode, we are going to be joined by Silverfuse, who's joining us for our large section conversation, where we're going to be talking about the current state of the meta. And spoiler alert, we like it, but uh, DBN, how are you doing tonight, man? Oh man, you know, uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I actually have gotten to play a lot more Runeterra than I have in like many weeks, and uh, that is in large part due to my purchase of a uh, tablet. Ooh, uh, which tech. you know, for many reasons, I decided that uh, with Black Friday. Actually, I bought it before Black Friday on a ridiculous, like pre Black Friday sale from Walmart. Nice. Yeah, very, very, uh, it's almost half off. Did you get like a a Samsung guy or something? Yeah, I got a Galaxy Tab, yeah. Nice. Um, And it's not the newest model, but it's, uh, my sister actually has one. It it came very highly recommended from her. She loves it. She gets so much done on it. And I'm like, I need something that I can take places and work on things, do some writing. Uh, If I want to like do some D&D prep, like on the go, I can do that too, you know, and then something to play some Runeterra while I'm out and about because my phone is a piece of hot garbage and i don't want to buy a new phone so Mm. uh for many reasons it was the right pick but i also got to just play a lot there was a day uh on my uh like i had a um one of my days off that instead of uh like i didn't have work or anything and so i just sat down and played like 30 40 games of runeterra for the first time in like a month my chest is at level 10 Ooh. <laughs> uh, i know this is big for me Ooh, man that wild card that champion wild card coming tomorrow Ooh, i know just in time for hopefully a new set sometime soon yeah uh so this week i did not play a ton of runeterra i i just it's so weird so um i was one of those americans that met with my family on thanksgiving and then had to quarantine afterwards because one of my family members came down with covid like 48 hours uh. later um so <laughs> so so lucky me like we all go hang out we had a we had a great thanksgiving i hope actually last week you guys enjoyed that thanksgiving episode because it was it was a ton of fun to record and i know that not as many people are interested in that because they listened to us for lor but it was so much fun to just be able to hang out with dbn and talk about something that wasn't exclusively runeterra and talk mm-hmm. about some of the other nerdy things that we love and no i haven't gone and watched the movies or bought the books that dbn loves yet but in time my friends in time um <laughs> but so we did thanksgiving it was a lot of fun and i i oftentimes get a lot of time to play uh card games uh, digital card games when we do thanksgiving or holidays with my in-laws that's when i get to do them because my in-laws their thing is they sit that's what they do they, they sit and we watch holiday movies and we eat food and it's amazing my family hikes and all sorts of things that aren't sitting and so um <laughs> so i i shot a, i don't know like i don't know what my audience feels about weaponry or whatever but i have a whole bunch of guns so i went and shot guns um on uh, on thanksgiving which is a weird but I, my family's pretty hick so weird hick tradition so we did that so i didn't get a lot of time to play lor this week i've been continuing to play um um, 
Frost Shock, which is my Ash Ezreal deck and something that I've really enjoyed and loved. But something that I got into this week, actually, is I started playing Mono Demacia um, because I always sort of wanted to try out uh, Garen with Shivana kind of since the start. And I realized that Barrier and Challenger are both pretty stinking good right now um and there's a good four or five challenge dragon simply because there's so much fearsome aggro right it's everywhere and i'm in plat it's everywhere in plat fearsome aggro everywhere yeah um and you also never want tf to level up and so it's good to be able to challenge him um and he it actually challenges really good against ezreal and there's a lot of ezreal out there there's some decks that it loses miserably too but um mm -hmm. i it's running of course the bannerman um and it's running garen and once garen's leveled up garen is so simple but super oppressive leveled up yeah Be mm -hmm. between regen and then always the threat of open attacking both on your turn and your opponent's turn really does wear your opponent out it, it just whittles is, their board away it is so wild how much better regeneration is in this game compared to tesla oh I mean, my just, gosh crazy. you know crazy probably crazy, because right? of uh probably because you choose how to block right that that's probably one yeah. of the main reasons um because and you're, you don't have to wait basically because regen was garbage because, in hearthstone too well I mean. you also you also have a shared turn you know so if you trade with your if you in tesla if you trade it with your region creature because it heals at the beginning of your turn so if you attack the region creature it took three damage then your opponent has a their whole round of attacking to remove it, yeah, it was before garbage. it heals at the start of your next turn it was so bad it was the worst keyword in the game overwhelmingly well, like by <laughs> far it wasn't by, even a, by a like, miles literally no wasn't even close. a keyword like you would see it on a character like a, a card and it's like that's just a vanilla card that's a vanilla it's, yeah, four it, mana it's four, irrelevant four. yeah yeah <laughs> um, completely irrelevant but in this it's so much better so that's yeah. what i've been playing i've been messing around with that and and really did pretty good i think i i just lost a game but i was at like just screwing around at the bottom of plat four mm -hmm. and i went without losing a game directly up into plat three um with it uh just just crushed people with it it was just it's yeah. it's very mid-rangey and it swarms the board but then it has like Bannerman. every turn bannerman's really good but it's like turn one you play the hawk turn two you play the three two that gets challenger if you have a dragon in your hand or on the board um mm -hmm. you know at turn three you're playing the 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 three mana two four with challenger um turn four you're playing shivana turn five you're playing a four or five dragon with fierce you know uh, whatever fury and challenger um and uh, i have had a lot, a lot of success with it. it's been a lot of fun so it's probably not good in fact we're going to look at the meta report today it's garbage but it still has been it was fun for me and and I, that's what i've been yeah. playing a little bit this week you know um we taught the the deck that i've been playing most that we talk a lot about on the uh uh, meta report so i'm not gonna waste time on that uh but the uh i have played a little uh demacia myself uh and you know what card like has made a comeback in my mind not not in the meta or anything but What's just that? in my personal evaluation is change shirt oh um, i forgot about that card you know right rangers resolve made everyone forget about that card but you know what there's been some times especially with like especially with shivana where you change shivana to change shirt sticks and so I've been playing a little bit of Shivana myself. And anytime I like, and I've started slotting like two copies of Chain Shirt in, because just like something like, um, you know, Elixir or whatever, it, it, it'll trick a trade for you for one mana, which is great. Um, but, but dang, ac across three or four turns, getting value from, from Chain Shirt is 
great. It yeah, more than really pays good. for itself. Um, so I've been putting two copies of Chain Shirt in uh, these decks, and it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm like I'm you know I'm not completely off the Rangers Resolve train, of course, but I'm on the Chain Shirt train. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's especially better than. Uh, it's definitely better than Rangers Resolve in the situation where you don't have a whole bunch of creatures on the board, right? If you're playing a deck with well, Shavana yeah. where you don't have like five creatures on the board and and in the tough on all of them can just blow out the game. But let's say you only have two on the board. Well, then tough. Mm. Tough tricking a couple of trades or sticking around to absorb a couple points of damage actually ends up absorbing more damage than Rangers Resolve. I, I think there's exactly. an argument for either or, depending on the type of deck you're playing. It's just that most Demacia decks have been like go wide, like bordering on like a token strategy. Um, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there yeah. just haven't been many other good forms of Demacia. Um, but when there are, I think that Change Hurt could arguably be better than Rangers Resolve yeah. in certain situations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mad Wheels um, is, isn't it chain fast? I think it probably is. I don't oh, know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, probably correct. Um, but hey, we have some like kind of exciting news. Um, I'm going to just say thank you to our patrons. We don't have any new patrons this week, um, but we did lose a couple. So there's that. Well, that uh, happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you want to support Great announcement, the, Mark. Thanks. There we go. If, you, <laughs> if you'd like to support the show, go over to patreon.com slash legendscast. Um, every month we give away something. And uh, so right now we're giving away uh, in their their glasses their pint glasses with our logo etched into them um and so i have one right here on my desk um so if you go over give us a you know 25 cents an episode that's a dollar a month here um, i am drinking out of a wendy's cup yeah well i haven't sent you yours yet so that's, that's why you're not drinking out of it, the, the shipping is not cheap right now man um, no, no it's really not so, like we're holding off on shipping a couple of things but the, all of the yeah. stuff that comes in doesn't like go to us like we're not rolling in the cash okay mm. um it all goes back to the show so it really it has gone to buy like a piece of equipment um and then for the most part it's just gone to pay like the winnings and the shipping on on prizes um for both the legends cast discord league um and then anything else that we may have needed like it went to pay for the new intro and outro for the show and things like that um so we're not getting rich off of it but if you do support us it does mean a lot to us and makes a big difference so much so that we're going to do something new and dbn's going to tell you about that because it's his idea and it's a really good one yeah so um i listen to a lot of podcasts um and i i'm fairly eclectic a lot of um uh, uh, actual play podcasts and stuff like that but one of the things that i really like uh that a lot of uh, people do is um they'll do little shows uh small shorter shows usually either before or after um and the contents of uh, of which vary but we have decided that uh, to encourage Patreon support, but also to really, and this is the more important thing, to feel like we are thanking our patrons uh, a little bit more and, and giving them you know, something in exchange for um, their hard-earned cash. We have decided- Cash money. Uh, cash money. Uh, we have decided uh, to do a- um, show that will be exclusive to our patreon uh it is not a full show they are going to be shorter little episodes we're calling it the mulligan which is the best legends name cast ever. 
the mulligan. Uh, and uh, we, of course, are going to be interested in talking to you, our patron supporters out there, about what the direction of that sideshow is going to be. We're thinking right now, aiming for about 20-minute episodes about mm-hmm. – um, but of course that might change. Uh, but for, uh, for the start, that's what we're, what we're aiming for and talking about probably answering some questions from our patrons, um, uh, you know, going over maybe a little bit more real talk about what it takes to do the show and what we do a little behind the scenes. And then I figure one of our favorite things to talk about is like, bird calls. Uh, right. We're going to have an entire bird call segment. Yeah. Called, there's just going to be a second where me and DBN just go back and forth making bird right. calls. <laughs> It's going to be a little segment called Mark Squawks. Yeah. And that'll be the uh That's right. And we'll have a we'll have a Anivia voice line. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. It like started as a chicken, but it got way worse than a chicken. Yeah. Um you know what? We're going to scrap that segment now. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll we, do something. We've run it we've run it through focus groups. They didn't like it, so yeah, yeah we're going to have to scrap it go back to the drawing board. But no. Uh we'll probably end up doing a lot of uh, our discussions about like oh like let's let's reach like let's balance this card or let's redesign this card redesign it design new cards talking about champions that we hope make the game things like that just a lot more of the less runeterra focus although we're totally going to be having discussions like this too um but just smaller quick little things like picking a card for each other to uh to rework or something like that um a lot more whimsical uh things i think um, and just things that are going to not necessarily be worth an entire discussion on the podcast Legends Cast, but something that our Patreon supporters might get a kick out of. So, uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, we are hoping to get the first episode of the Mulligan out next week. We're hoping to record it next week, uh, and of course, get that out. I think Mark's working on figuring out the RSS feeds and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and, we can uh, just upload audio, but you can actually have a private set podcast that's just hosted mm-hmm. through your patron page. We might actually have to pay for that privilege, which I don't want to do. So we may just upload audio each week to Patreon mm-hmm. so that you can just listen listen to it through the Patreon website or the app, which would which would work fine. As and well. we and right now we are not going to, uh, at least as far as I understand, uh, gate that behind any level of uh supporter no 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 right uh, we you know we don't care if you're paying us $20 a month or 25 cents uh an episode or whatever i don't know how it works out uh <laughs> but uh we just appreciate your support one way or the other and we want to be able to show that support in a tangible way uh we're just trying to find more ways to give back to the people that allow us to keep doing what we're doing so thank you all to our patreon supporters uh and uh yeah stay tuned for uh episodes of the mulligan yeah and i um, i want to be really clear just one thing one of the things mm-hmm. we did when i set up the patreon way back whenever we were whenever i first started the show i was really clear about the fact that i never wanted to put anything behind a paywall if you supported us it was simply because you were supporting us and mm-hmm. i i just want to be clear this i was real this i was comfortable with because we have had such immense support from the community um and you guys have been so awesome and 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 i I really do genuinely like the more patrons that we've gotten the more i've been like i really do want to give back to them more than just having yeah. a special chat in the discord channel especially for those guys who are supporting our patreon but aren't in the discord or don't use discord and so this isn't us putting something behind a paywall okay to be just to be clear it's not like we're saying the only way you can be in our tournament is if you're a patron or something nope. um this is us just saying hey we we this is 
this doesn't come from the heart of trying to get you who aren't a patron to become a patron so you can get some sort of important quote unquote important content that we're putting out there this it's is us not saying, important stuff <laughs> yeah this is us saying we just want to give something extra to the people who are supporting yep. us because we do appreciate you um and uh like i'm i'm totally down with that and so that's yeah, i, I it, just want to make sure you understood the heart behind it yeah it's definitely gotten to the point where mark and i have had this discussion over the past like three or four months of gosh we, we need to do something more for our patron supporters patreon supporters you know we we love those people we want them to feel our appreciation that we have in our hearts for them, you know, helping us do what we love because we love doing this. Um, and so that's kind of where this stemmed from. And, and we bounced several ideas back and forth, but uh, along with the patron, you know, uh, uh, hat pulling for, for glasses and hats and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's, that's tough because uh, there's, we have a, quite a few supporters and, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be a while before they all win something. Uh, so yeah. just giving them a little bit of something back. Uh, we're probably, we're shooting right now. The, the thought is to do it every other week. Yeah. The mulligan would be, be every, every other week. week. It won't be every week. Um, and uh, cause it's going to be a little bit of extra time, both on Mark to, you know, to edit because he's a champion, but also on us a little bit more time in the evenings for us to record. But I think it's worth it. I hope you guys think so too. Uh, patrons, we have that special place in the uh, the special chat in the Discord. Um, that is a great place for you guys to pitch us ideas of things to cover. And I think that it will be pretty diverse. We're not going to have a set formula. We're just going to do fun discussions about random stuff. And heck, we might not even talk about Rune Terror. We might just talk about life or talk yeah. about you know other nerdy stuff. That's what it's for. We're not trying to take content away from the Legends cast. We don't. We're not taking it away and slotting it there. We're just doing supplemental stuff. But yeah, um, but yeah. completely. Um, now I I want to say one more thing on their little announcements. I guess it's not really an announcement, but you posted. I thought it was the coolest thing. Uh, the Spotify Wrapped uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. tell me about that. That was the coolest thing to look at. I had no idea what it was, but they sent it to me. Um, and I did post it in the Discord under the podcast discussion. So if you want to look at it, you can. Um, but basically, it just told you like, hey, what happened this past year in your podcast? Um, so our biggest growth area was uh was australia actually yeah <laughs> um we've more new listeners in australia than anywhere else we've done over like four thousand minutes of content over 43 episodes which is really cool um and it just kind of showed like where our biggest growth was and how there's 43 different countries this past year that people have listened to the show in which is i mean i know a lot of those statistics but this was put together in a really cool way and a really helpful way i know some of those statistics because i can look at them anytime on the anchor app um if you don't know what we host on we host on anchor like every other podcast now wow. I um, didn't know the statistics and it yeah. was exciting. Yeah, it was it was really cool. It was super encouraging. Like I literally look at the statistics every day to every other day for the show. I always because I don't keep many apps on my phone, so I open up Anchor and swipe in and just to see. Um, but it was it was really cool. So if you want to check out those sort of insider statistics on the show, f feel free to jump in the Discord and go over podcast discussion, and the link is there for that, and you can check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go cool. ahead and, and jump in. We are going to do deck name game this week for because uh, we never do it so we're gonna do it deck name game for our short topic conversation showtime all right so the winner of the deck name game this week was super easy i loved the deck i loved the name uh yeah pretty cool so the winner is going to be and i'm sorry if i pronounce it wrong it's not intentional but i think it might be six summit uh syc summit okay uh 
I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm not even looking Six at it, so you're gonna have to describe it well. <laughs> right. Uh, Six Summit's been in our Discord for a bit, I think. But I, th I if I'm not mistaken, I have. Uh, I think Six Summit is another former Tessel person, um, and is somebody that has been very active. Uh, shares a lot of uh, deck lists on uh, on Twitter with me and other people. Just really? a very active deck builder. Somebody who's very passionate about the. Uh, about the uh, the game and the community and just card gaming in general. Um, I know, uh, I think he, uh, he used to watch my stream back in the day, uh, but uh, I think first submission maybe from Six Summit yeah, definitely uh, in our right. deck I'm name sure. game. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a winner, baby. It's a winner. Uh, it is 101 Dalmatians oh, is yes. the deck name. Now I know what you're talking and, about. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it was generally agreed upon by other contestants in deck name game <laughs> that it should win. Uh -huh. uh, and I totally agree. Uh, it is a list based around the Messenger's Sigil, which is already a card I'm prone to like, not only because I have uh, the dog uh, guardian, uh, but also because I have played a Twisted Fate list that used the Messenger Sigil to pretty good effect, and was a I was a huge fan of that before the most recent expansion. Maybe a little less viable right now, but it is really fun, and the Messenger Sigils are hilarious. Getting a bunch of cosmic doggos is pretty great. Um, the premise here is between Messenger Sigils and cards like Counterfeit Copies and Parade Electro Rig, you can, in fact, get 101 doggos in your deck. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, the, uh, with, there's a lot of card cycle and card draw, obviously. Guiding Touch, Pale Cascades. Um, you have the Insightful Investigators, which is a really interesting uh, approach to this. Whenever you play a two-cost card, which the doggos are, draw one and give it Fleeting. Uh, so you can just cycle, and by the way, the uh, and the, the dogs make you messengers draw, draw one too. So you, so you can just keep draw drawing, and just keep drawing dogs. It's amazing. Uh, there's some good removal stuff in here to hopefully keep you afloat. Uh, I know it, it's definitely a meme list, and uh, but but Six Summit says that uh, with the new top end, which I'll go over in a second, uh, it's a little bit more competitive, uh, difficult to pilot properly. You do have to go all in on the dogs, and you can't really make copies of anything else if you want to get to the late game. But the big late game finishers, uh, two copies of Vi, which when you're playing all those cards and cycling them, I've got to imagine it's pretty easy to get Vi yeah. leveled up and up to that magical 10 damage. And then the big whammy, the skies descend. How? Oh. <laughs> when have you seen the skies oh. descend? Deal Without 15 dragons. to all enemies. But it costs two less for each dragon or celestial ally, which All those dogs... All the doggos! <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think of that. That's so funny. That's so cool. Yeah, so this is the uh, this is the 101 Dalmatians list from Six Summit. This is awesome. Major props. This might be my favorite one yet. Deck name game winner. Oh, well done, sir. okay. Yeah, the deck code will be in the description of the show, so you can check it out and play 101 Dalmatians along with us. I actually saw it. I was like, oh, this is cool. Then I forgot to look at it thoroughly, and uh, and now I'm like, okay, I really regret that I didn't look at it thoroughly. <laughs> I think I think tomorrow we're going to play a couple 101 Dalmatian games because that is so funny. 
Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I guess tomorrow, What by the time you listen to this, it'll at least be yesterday that I've done it. But uh, <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, well, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, so congratulations to Six Summit, winner of this week's deck name game. You get nothing but the pride of being able to be this week's winner. So yes. congratulations. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. That's going to wrap yeah. up uh, this section. We're going to go ahead and uh, bring Silverfuse in here in just a moment, talk meta, um, and, uh, and jump into the big segment for this week playtime's over okay guys we're jumping in right now with our large subject section or our, our big section of the podcast and we have been trying out this sort of new format where we do like intro small topic big topic closing thoughts we're done if you like it let us know if you hate it uh please let us know because if people hate it i don't want to keep doing it but we have the privilege and the special honor of bringing back on what is officially our most reoccurring guest on the show um with us us tonight to talk about the current state of the meta because we we haven't talked about it in like two months um the current state of the meta with us tonight is Silverfuse. so Silverfuse, thank you so much for jumping on and joining us really really appreciate it silver but uh before we jump into the meta why don't you tell us you know how are you doing tonight and, and tell us a little about uh yourself in case some i know some of our viewers or listeners are a little bit newer um and maybe they don't know uh you know that you've been on the show before or anything so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you doing um, well, hey, I'm Silverfuse, and I, um, I'm i a content creator for Legends of Runeterra, do a lot of Twitch and YouTube. In the past, I was a content creator for the Elder Scrolls Legends, which is where I met both of these two, and we've uh, been friends since then. And now we're all in Runeterra together, and it's been really great. So I've been on the show a few times back even before they did Runeterra. So that's um, about it for me. Yeah, I think, Silver, you were actually one of... DBN was the first guest that was on Legends Cast when we covered uh, Tessel. But you were definitely one of the first. I think that you were... It was either you or Sophie that was the first female guest that was... I think it was Sophie. It may have been Sophie. I yeah. I, I can't remember. All I remember is that I, I recorded with Sophie at like 4.30 in the morning yeah. my time because it was the only <laughs> time I could record with her. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> which, which was less than ideal. I much rather prefer, not anything against Sophie, she's awesome, uh, recording in your time zone, though. It's, uh, <laughs> New Zealand time for people who are wondering, who, why 4.30 a.m.? New Zealand yeah. time. New <laughs> Zealand time. Whatever. Anytime. She lives in like a time <laughs> warp i'm not even really sure <laughs> yeah um, i remember i remember doing uh a bit with her for team rank star it was like a where it did an interview with her <laughs> and it was just like she's like oh yeah it's like friday i'm like no it's not <laughs> i'm like yeah. what are you talking about sophie she's like yeah it's friday i'm like oh time magic like 16 hours ahead or something like that it's something crazy yeah which seems like witchcraft because <laughs> i didn't know you could be further than 12 hours for somebody but evidently you can but that's my knowledge of time zones it's not real vast um but that's not who's on the show uh, sophie's not here uh, silver's here and and silver you know we have uh i you know we've sort of become friends digitally throughout this you know the the death of a game and then coming in um to to this game and you do a lot of content but predominantly although you do stream i saw you were streaming something tonight um you predominantly do content for youtube yeah um i've been working on doing the twitch quite a bit more i think i streamed around 20 hours this week so far so well that's a lot 
Yeah, some somewhere around there. Uh, maybe a little under that, but yeah, quite a bit recently. Wow. I'm just trying to stream more because I've I've really just loved it. I feel like the meta is really great right now, so I've been enjoying trying different things, and there's just so many more things I want to play. It's great. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that does bring us great, like, into a great place to have a conversation about the meta as well. Um, I don't know that everybody has necessarily, I mean, I think the meta is in a pretty good place right now. Um, but the meta we're going to be looking at is the Legends of Runeterra meta from Mobilitics, which is actually, we've typically used Team Leviathan. So this is the first time that we're going to be using the Mobilitics one on this show. Um, and it is the one that Silver has suggested. And to be fair, guys, Silver is our local resident meta expert because she plays the game way more than DBN or I play the game. Um, uh, and plays a lot of like cool meme stuff that, it, that goes around there that I didn't know, like I didn't even realize could happen or existed. Um, uh, Silver, I imagine that you have this pulled up. DBN, I imagine that you have this pulled up. Um, why don't you, I mean, Silver, why don't you tell us a little bit first off of just like, and then we'll go through it, but why do you like the meta right now? I mean, and, and, and maybe give us a little bit of an idea from like your perspective. What's a good and what is not a good meta? Um. I like metas where experimentation is fairly high, or at least doesn't just get squandered out by the other decks that are already established tier one decks. So I feel like when, of course, like to me, a meta is never like fully solved, but when it feels fairly solved and the decks that are in high tiers just smash out any other any other thing that you try, I think that's an issue. Where I feel like in the past, like scouts did that, where they were just too powerful, you couldn't try any other types. For a little bit, uh, Trundle was doing that, and uh, Burn Aggro in the past has done that as well, where it would, and then I guess Hush in the past also did that, where if you were trying or experimenting with something else, you would just lose, and there wasn't really anything you could do about it. I think those are bad metas, and good ones are where you're able to, even though there might be established tier 1 decks, you're able to try other things and maybe, you know, make a tier 3 list that is able to do really well in the meta, because it can uh, do well against the tier one decks that maybe it's weaker against the tier two, for instance, and non-polarized things are as well. So uh, one of the more polarizing decks at times, I think, is Tom Soraka, and there's some cases where what you play isn't going to really matter. You are just going to lose. So I feel like if a deck that's really good, like the Lee Sin deck previously, there are things that you would play into it that you just lost. Like, you the game, and you're like, wow, I lose this game every time. Those are really, really bad metas. So you want games where the decks are like 45-55 or 50-50 or whatever, where they're close, where you feel like your skill expression it matters in the outcome of the game. So I would say those are like the two really big things for me is uh, experimentation can be done without, you know, making you just lose all the time and having the ability to skill expression where there's non-polarized decks. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. I, DBN, I want to hear what your thought is on that about a, a good, because I have a couple, but I, I, I have a suspicion that you do as well on, you know, what it, what it is that makes a meta good or bad. Because I think a lot of players, specifically newer players, like, what does it mean to have a bad meta? Why is this meta good and that meta bad? And is that completely subjective? Isn't it subjective? Is, is there um, arguably, like, clear proof for one meta that's better than the other um but uh, dbn i I'm, I'm curious about what your thoughts are because you do often have you know things that i like to hear okay you know yeah you 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 you, you, you know you know yeah i have thoughts everyone you have thoughts while. you do have thoughts uh. as well you know um 
No, so uh, I largely agree with everything Silverfuse says. I guess uh, I do think you're right to an extent that, like, I mean, metas when metas are fun, it's it is going to be subjective to an extent. I think that there is a subgroup of people that, in a way, like what other people describe as bad metas because uh, either that is a certain play style is prominent that they like to play. A lot of times that can be either control or hyper aggro. Um, but uh, either way, you, you'll also see times when like metas are called broken uh, when you have a extremely uh, efficient combo deck. And that then of course, combo players absolutely adore it because that's a very unique play style that I think a lot of people mm -hmm. Or not even, I wouldn't say a lot of people, I think specific types of people adore. So it, it's definitely subjective. But I think there is certain like points of evidence that you'll know if the community is likely to view a meta as good or bad. I think that that's when, uh, from a just a general perspective, when you look at a tier list and there's a lot of things on the tier list, that's usually a pretty good indicator. I think another indicator is when you have, especially in a game like this, which has factions, or even back in Tessel, when there was colors, um, you look at a tier list or something like that, and there are a lot of colors or factions represented. That's mm -hmm. usually another good indicator. Um, personally, I really like metas where mid-range decks are flourishing because I feel that, that uh, mid-range decks generally require a little bit in my opinion, more skill to pilot. Uh, and I tend to think that uh, in cases like that, you feel like you have either earned the W or the L a little bit more so um, because mid-ranges tend to be that more flexible play style at the cost of being uh, you know, less focused on any one specific win condition. And so then I think that it feels more like a give and take, you know, push and pull in any given match. So that's that's what I like to play. That's also the meta that I like. But again, subjectivity. <laughs> like, I like playing mid-range. I like when that's in the meta because not only is that thing that I like to play supported, but it also, again, is the play style that I like to play against. I think that's a big thing that when people look at metas is like, what do they like to play against? Um, as for this meta, I think it's pretty nice. I haven't really had any major complaints. Uh, I actually uh, played more th uh, this week than I've played in a long time, partly because I got a tablet. <laughs> so Ooh, <laughs> I've actually, yeah, it makes it easier to, to jam games. But uh, no, yeah, I've, I've played a lot more recently and I think I've played against, I'm looking at this tier list, I've played against almost everything on this tier list multiple times. So I think it's pretty uh, accurate. I am interested though, because Silver, you mentioned Tom Soraka and um, I have been kind of uh, managing to an extent uh, the Discord League that we're running right now. They're in the bracket play. Um, and people are bringing four decks and banning one. It is closed deckless, but you have to reveal champions yeah. um, and region combinations. So it's not completely... You know, so you obviously, you, get, you know something before you ban it. You just don't get the full list because, man, that's a headache to organize. <laughs> um, but uh, it's interesting because I have looked at lists for, uh, out of the first two weeks, like I think seven or eight of the top eight players, or six, six of the top eight players, I've seen the list. Almost everyone is playing Tom Soraka, and there's been a lot of uh, games and matches that have been decided by it because of, I think, what you mentioned, which is the massively polarizing element. Um, and I'm interested, too, because it's not at S tier, it's at A tier. So is that because the S tier decks handle it particularly well? Um, one of the lists that 
this list is a little bit older. I checked the TLG one too because this one wasn't updated for like two weeks, uh, but it generally the meta hasn't changed in the last two weeks that much. Fearsome aggro right now is something I would say that would keep that down. Fearsome aggro is pretty common and there's not yeah. much that can be done uh, as Tom Soraka against Fearsome aggro. And I believe, uh, I haven't really played it much, but I think that the TF go hard list, uh, TF Elise go mm -hmm. hard, I think that deck does very well against it too. Um, and yeah, I would if... probably move that to an S tier deck instead of A in the current scenario that we have right now. That deck just keeps on getting a bit better and a bit better. Mm -hmm. I see it quite a bit as well. It's funny. Those were like literally the two decks that I was looking at this and I was like, uh, I think that Fearsome Aggro and the and the TF Go Hard deck, TF Elise Go Hard, might mm -hmm. be a little bit stronger. Um, yeah, you know, they definitely gone up. <laughs> I think one of the things that was really interesting that you, I mean, people ask like, well, why is a meta good or why isn't a meta good or or why are people frustrated with it? And I think one of the key things that you said there, Silver, was the polarizing matchups, right? Where you feel like you're playing rock paper scissors and you really genuinely don't feel like you had any chance of winning a game. And I think that Lee Sin uh, Zed was a perfect example of a deck that created really polarizing matchups because there were certain decks that just could not beat that deck or at least it was extremely difficult to beat that deck and that caused mm. other polarizing ways to play the game because you had to either play to beat it or to lose so when there's a deck that's really powerful that is combo or that's similar to that um, a lot of times it creates really polarizing matchups that does limit because you always have to take that deck into consideration i think we even talked about that with bbg when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago whenever lee sin was really strong um sort of shortly after like the huge two mana you know decrease buff that he received before he went back up to five and now is you know substantially less popular and less powerful um it was just he was so polarizing so and i think that even when i've had my heart hard time putting my finger on what is wrong with the meta you have really helped me to sort of uh identify what it is um because oftentimes that is what it is it's that there's a deck that's so strong that you have to consider it and it polarizes how all the other decks are played and then really only two or three decks sort of rise to the top and oftentimes it's it's three and you really are, are playing rock paper scissors but let's talk about this meta report i will include the mobilytics meta report in the description of the show so if you want to check out what we're looking at feel free if not just go to mobilytics uh, i don't know mobilytics.com and just google mobilytics and then at the top you can go to metalist click lor and, and you can find it um our three our top three decks discard aggro scouts pirate aggro silver is that accurate isn't it accurate are those really the three most powerful decks in the meta right now discard aggro which is of course that's draven and jinx um and then probably most importantly it's actually augmented experimenter um in my experience that's, that's the most powerful card in the stinking deck um, Scouts, which is going to be MF and Quinn, and then Pirate Aggro, which, Pirate Aggro, which is going to be your GP Gangplank. All three really aggressive decks. Um, are we really in that much of an aggro meta? Um, I wouldn't say so personally. I think that those are not necessarily the strongest decks currently. Like I said, I think the TF Go Hard Elise is incredibly strong. Um, however, at least the last time I checked, and I'll go check again, uh, the stats for aggro are fairly strong, but to me these aggro decks don't feel like they overwhelm like completely like there's not you know we've had metas in the past where there wasn't much you could do against the aggro that we saw but in the current list i feel like they're not overwhelming and there's ways that you can adjust um 
We're seeing a lot of, we've seen a lot more Ezreal decks recently, which definitely makes the aggro go down quite a bit, I would say, because the, you know, the, they have ways to remove those decks, um, remove uh, the damage that they go through. I feel like a tier one deck right now that's uh, not there that we're not mentioning is Fiora and Shin. I feel like Fiora and Shin is incredibly good right now. And uh, those are very, funny enough, uh, Fiora Shin's very anti-aggro. And I think that that's what happens. We had a lot of aggro that was being played, and Fiora Shin kind of rose because of that reason. And I think that's why, like I said, this list is a little bit dated for that reason. But I think Fiora Shin has been a response to that aggro that was really powerful before. And um, But it's not overbearing, so the meta was able to adjust, and that's why we're getting Fiora Shin right now. And that's a good news, though, because if we didn't have anything that could stop the aggro, then the meta would become polarized, and then we'd have SI control or hyper aggro, and that's all you would get. So um, it's been good to see that. I think one of the healthier things about this meta report is that there are so many versions of aggro that are represented, right? You do yes. have a discard aggro, scouts, which I would actually say I don't think scouts is S tier. Um, maybe I'm no, really it's off about gone that. Down. Yeah, I, I, I would think... say it's gonna go down. Yeah, um, that surprised me to see that there. Yeah, um, yeah, something nice about the aggro list because the discard aggro is more about going wide on the board and almost token esque in some ways, and then the not or the pirate aggro is a little bit more chunky creatures that you play, and they're usually played one at a time on each turn, and you just you know slowly go from there. So it's nice to see that, and they have a lot more uh, spells that try to react to the opponent, like Noxian Fervor and such like that. Um, so it is a bit different, and it does have different matchup tables, where a lot of the times, discard aggro just flat out loses to one Withering Whale. It's kind of funny that it does that, uh, where the uh, pirate aggro is a bit more resilient, but it really relies on Misfortune. So if someone does have a way to remove Misfortune, it can be pretty detrimental to that deck. So it's two different things that are needed to deal with either type of the aggro, where Shin and Fiora can kind of do both, although have time hard time going against the go wide sometimes, but not always. Uh, Fiora is just really hard to deal with for some of those deck lists, though. They don't have a lot of interaction with it. Yeah, yeah. If, often you're playing like this really board based. Your only way of winning is smashing them in the face, and Fiora beats that pretty hard. Um, yeah, it can. I um, I was going to say, I would also say that Trundle and Trindamir with the Field of Rush is probably also risen to S tier. Uh, people thought that Trindamir, or Trundle being nerfed was going to hurt it more than it did, but it's very, it's also very good against the aggro that we had been seeing maybe like two weeks ago. Um, so that has been doing extremely well as well. So I put that, for me, like S tier would be like uh, TF and Elise go hard, Trundle and Trindamir, and... I don't even know if I would put uh, probably fearsome aggro. Uh, those would probably be my top three personally right now. Yeah, I don't think that nightfall aggro is is the better version. I mean, it's what's here, but I think that fearsome aggro, which is typically like Elise Callista rather than Diana Nocturne, is probably just arguably better. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both very good, and I would say that nightfall aggro is a bit harder to play. But the Fearsome aggro, uh, it's really cool. I think it's cool, personally. I don't even play the deck, but I like to see Mistrace come back. I always thought that they were just pretty neat overall. Um, but, yeah, it's been interesting to see that people figure that out. But a lot of that is response to the TF Elise Go Hard that we're seeing. Because that deck runs almost exclusively 
uh, cards that have two or less attack. Like, Doom Beast is an exception to it. And that's about it. <laughs> so, it's, um, it's Fearsome Aggro just kind of punishes that deck, and then it punishes the Soraka Tom. So it makes sense why this deck has risen to where it is. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, DBN, how about for you? Anything else that you see in some of these S tiers that you're like, I, I think this is missing? Because, I, I mean, I looked at this and well, I was like, I can see that these decks are good, but the ones that they put in S tier here, I agree. I think there's three other ones that maybe are, are better. Um, yeah, I think uh, Trundle Trindamir. I mean, I feel I felt pretty good about when we looked at the the nerfs and i was like i, I was like i don't think this is really going to change anything uh mm -hmm. and i i'm pretty confident with that what three or four weeks later um because i really still think it's one of the best decks in the gosh darn game uh feel the rush is is not so and um yeah 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 it's so good and, and it handle it, it can win against a lot of different things um i think uh you know, Tom Soraka is interesting because um, what equally makes it good also makes it bad in many ways, which is why I think it's really, I was thinking about, it, I was initially surprised it wasn't S tier. And then I'm like, no, I feel like it's A tier because of it's the fact that there are very clear counters uh, out there for it. But there's also, it can only be countered by very specific things, um, which I don't really love from a, balance perspective uh because that just means you win or lose in deck building most of the time and that's just not a fun way that's just not a fun way for it to exist and so it, it almost uh i kind of feel like it's got to even it might be s tier in like a tournament format where like you're forced to ban it if you're not running things that deal with it which then allows you know other very strong decks to go through um but uh i i don't know i mean i'm not like so in tune with it but that's just where i like i would 100 be taking that in a tournament lineup uh just because i would want my opponents to to ban it uh to let me play other things uh or either that or, or maybe they had the answers and okay great then they tech their lineup around it you know um but i don't know the thing that was interesting to me is you're talking about nightfall aggro and i have played fearsome aggro which i definitely think is at least a tier if not s tier uh yeah. at least if we're using this numerology um i think um fearsome aggro is extremely good because it has those amazing matchups i have yet to lose to tk or to uh to tom rocka i have yet to lose i played about 20 games of it this week uh yet to lose to tom rock i have yet to lose to tf uh whatever that one is um go hard yeah 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 i haven't lost to that yet um I have lost to discard aggro once. I've only lost three games with the thing. It's kind of crazy good. Uh, I lost to discard aggro once. I think I lost a pirate aggro once on like a coin flip, like lucky top deck. And um, I, the only other loss was nightfall aggro. And I think that I've, and I've also went and played a, uh, I played discard aggro and I lost a nightfall aggro there too. What's crazy about Nightfall Aggro is uh, one, they've got that little bit of of kind of chunk healing off of the uh, two mana Unspeakable Horror, which against Aggro can be really nice because it'll clear one defense things, which you know you're running. Um, it also heals them, and uh, Diana is great against Aggro. Yeah, so good. She's like and a free that, trade and a body. Yeah, she's like removal yeah. and a body. 
and it's very like that deck is very good at triggering Diana. Like as soon as they get it, it's not hard for them to get the nightfall off. You play it on whatever your attack token is, whether it's two or three, and then you immediately get to remove whatever they play. Um, uh, yeah, no, Diana is great uh, against the aggro. And so I think that's why nightfall aggro is, even though it may not be as efficient against like mid range or control, it definitely feels like a better um, like aggro mirror, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a little more reactive. It's kind of like, it kind of to me, rhymes slightly with like uh, Tempo Assassin from Tessel days. You know, um, it doesn't have Shrieking Harpies, but you know, besides that, uh, it definitely feels like it has those reactive tools and things to keep it alive and also just like take away with the opponent's um, other aggro things. I, I, yeah, that's what makes this to me seem like it's in the right spot on this list at A tier. And Stalking Shadows is just an insane card. Oh, it's so insane. It's very remember, strong. Do you remember, do you remember uh, SI Aggro before Stalking Shadows? <laughs> I <laughs> oh, mean... I need. Oh, no, I can't. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stalking Shadows is crazy good. Uh, so, so good. you know, I've played a lot of Fearsome Aggro because I went to Plat last season with Fearsome Aggro, and then I, I climbed up Plat this season with Fearsome Aggro, although mine was... Uh, mine is Callista Nocturne instead of Elise Callista. So mine's not as refined of a list, but I just want to mm. say that I discovered it about a month before it became popular. Um, and uh, and I, I, I piloted it to, I, I used it when Lee Sin was four mana. Um, that's how I beat Lee Syndex, and that's how I climbed. To, mm. Where I did that season was because of Fearsome Aggro. Um, and I, I think that that deck is so strong. And, and you know what? I don't think it's actually even represented on this meta report. I think it kind of got swept up um, in, uh, yeah, it got swept up in the, in the nightfall aggro. They really aren't the same. Like they run a lot of really similar cards. Um, but fearsome aggro really just wants to swarm the board. Like you're just, you're swarming the board, playing things with fearsome, getting that chunk damage through in the beginning. And then in the end of the game, it's like, yeah, okay. You have some three attack stuff that can block some things, but I don't really care because I'm playing so many mist wraiths and then the ability to burst speed like a 5-2 with fearsome into an open attack is crazy. I won a game the other day um, yeah. because I it, it came to turn eight, like it got to turn eight and I had two of them in hand and bursted them both out yeah, and ended no, up with two six twos, which they just, that's 12 points of damage my opponent was not factoring in on an open attack and that won me the game. Um, yeah, the burst speed is what makes that card. If it wasn't burst speed, not only would it not be good, but also might not even be playable. But at burst speed, it it's so playable. good. You're right. I mean, that that's the power of burst speed. Like, oh, I mean, geez. we've talked about this before, but it, it's not only that it will make a card better without it. Some cards are dead. Um, and yeah. yeah, no, it's it's now I don't know if this is standard or not, but I am playing a list and I've done like two changes to it, but uh, totally net decked it. Uh, which weirdly, I mean, that's kind of atypical for me. Um, Mark always accuses me of being a, a deck hipster, but um, I saw it and I was like, this is really cool. And uh, it's the version I've been running is two harrowings in it. Is that standard? I don't think it's standard, but it has won me so many games. Standard? I know people have been messing around with it. Um, I haven't seen Harrowing around as much for that. I've mostly seen Harrowing and Nivea when I see it. 
Yeah. Uh, I think I might have seen it like once or twice, but I don't think it's the common one. It is a bit yeah. hipster. <laughs> well, maybe that's why maybe that's why I was drawn to it because it wasn't mainstream. But I did see it like I think Mogwai like retweeted it or something, and I was like, "What harrowing?" Ooh, I think uh, it came <laughs> out. It came out in the EU tournament. Um, that must have in been the it. E EU oh, Masters yeah. tournament. Um, one of the teams brought the harrowing version, and it won because mm -hmm. I watched the game that they won the match that they uh, well, won because of it. It was crazy. Yeah. It has won so many games for me, like I, games that the the fearsome aggro list would not have won um and even like and even against like aggro mirrors there are times when like i'll be like okay i'm gonna bank two or three spell mana here so i can harrowing next turn you know and like uh I'll, I'll or i'll just get super reckless on defense you know that's what it kind of allows me to do is against an aggro matchup uh i'm looking at me you know if i'm i don't have to go into like a race scenario i just chump block everything even if my my entire board wipes i wipe their board too or most of their board and then just dump harrowing on the board refill swing and win but then of course it gives me some outs against control too and mid-range so it's been super super good for me at least um but i wasn't sure where that came from or if other people were doing it <laughs> kind of sounds similar to the previous so where we had the darrowing where we had yeah. all the overall creatures rather than fearsome and then yeah. it was the it was, hey, you either have Ruination or you lose. And against yeah. other aggro decks, there aren't really many that can produce creatures that quickly and they don't have the spells to deal with them. And then if they do, they're dealing with a bunch of ephemerals where you yeah. just have lost your win condition because you had to deal with the harrowing. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of value for one card. Oh, it, it really is. And I mean, you you can play it as early as turn six if you bank the spell mana. And I mean, that that's, yep. can be very devastating, especially the fearsome side of it. I mean, you're right. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's a really, I think that is definitely, I think we're all coming to an agreement that that is missing from this meta report and one that that's pretty competent. Now, I'm interested because I I, uh, I was watching your stream the other day, Silver, uh, and I was seeing a pretty successful run with um, Karina. Uh, where, like, I feel like, I mean, I was watching and it was just kind of crushing a lot of decks that we see on this report. Uh, I, let me ask you this. Does that belong anywhere on here? All right. I have the unpopular opinion because I'm like, I'm kind of the person who brought that deck back from the grave. Um, that deck had been, you know, I didn't invent it. I believe Alan uh, ZQ invented the deck a while ago. But after seeing Go Hard, or I'll actually tell you a little bit more. But I feel like it's um, A or B. I don't think it's an S tier mm -hmm. by any means. Uh, the reason. Um, the reason that I think it's good right now and why I used to get the Masters and such was uh, I was really annoyed losing to Twisted Fate Go Hard over and over again. <laughs> yeah, like, yes! I didn't want to just play hard aggro either. Like that's, um, I don't play that as much in this. Um, I was like, I'm not really in the mood for, for fearsomes, you know. I can't really stream that either because people have seen it already. <laughs> I yeah. have to do something a little bit different. And I thought about it, and I was just like, you know what? Um, this deck wins because it gets to play one packer bags, and that's just enough of a tempo swing to end the game. I was like, if I'm playing a deck that doesn't care about its creatures, then this deck can't beat me anymore. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, I was like, Ladros as well. So there are there's the option to play like a you know like a ramp style deck against it for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're still getting chipped away at um, even with the I guess the Feel the Rush decks probably do pretty okay against it. But that's already been done before, too. So I was like, I gotta do something different <laughs> that does well. And I just wanted to play something that people weren't really expecting. 
So yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to play uh, Karina Control and I'm going to make a few adjustments to it. And now we have uh, Go Hard in it, which honestly, uh, it's just really good as a one mana ping. You don't need mm -hmm. pack your bags in it when you're playing Karina Control. Every once in a while, I'd say maybe one and seven to eight games, I would play pack your bags. And that would be usually it wasn't too significant. I usually had won the game at that point. But yeah, I was really annoyed at losing to Twisted Fate um, and uh, pack your bags just over and over again. I was like, all right, what can I do to counter this? And that's what I came up with. And it was very successful because there's a lot of aggro decks. The deck does very well against aggro, um, does very well against the Scout, Noxus, um, does very well against Bilgewater. It has a little bit of an issue with Freljord and its mm -hmm. hardest thing is Targon. It has a heart. It does not do well against Targon. Um, lots of reasons for that, but so like you're thinking like Aurelian Soul, like Aurelian Soul. It's really um, bad against Leona. Azul. Oh, Leona. Leona. Okay. Mm. Leona. Um, not specifically because of Leona, but uh, Hush can do a lot against that deck. Mm -hmm. uh, if they Hush your Ladros, oh, your win condition's now gone. Uh, <laughs> that's one of them, and then just stunning too can be an issue, but. Uh, I found they the also have was... pretty big defenses oh, then... too. Mm -hmm. They're pretty yeah, beefy. Yeah, and then Tom, it could have a hard time against that. Uh, your best hope was to get a good ruination because I did run three in my version for that reason. Um, and sometimes, usually Demacia, you won through ruination. Yeah, like everything else, you did pretty well. Um, I didn't go against Sehundur that much, but I kind of wonder how that much would go. But yeah uh yeah that's what i saw and it went really well and it's it's been really cool to see the community uh it get quite a bit more popular and people have been having a lot of success with it because it does it has a polarized matchup against the tf go hard though i would yeah. say it's like 70 percent favored somewhere around there uh Just because huge, yeah. they have to they have to play so many packer bags to do anything and as soon as they play <laughs> Ladros, they don't have a fearsome blocker so they're dead you hit them with Ladros and you mystic shot game's over <laughs> like mm. it's not easy no so, yeah. so what you're saying is you don't have any creatures they don't have any way to level up pack your bags is that um no it's not about leveling up pack your bags they usually do because you still have elise and you still have hapless aristocrat and vi um the reason it's so strong is because the payoff card pack your bags doing five to everything including creatures against demacia you're wiping their board against uh noxus you're wiping their board against village water you're wiping their board they've lost four or five cards now trying to beat you down and they've lost it to one card that's one mana that you could not play around and for me they play pack your bags i take five damage to my face oh i'm still at you know 15 14 13 health and because i and then i could just heal up after that yeah too. that deck has and so much healing yeah i lose one or two cards that i really don't care about oh you killed my hapless and my elise Oh, I'm so upset. <laughs> so it's like, sure. what? Who yeah. cares? Or with the Ladros, even. Oh, you've killed my Ladros. Like, first off, they have to play a barrel to kill the Ladros. But, uh, yeah. like, you killed my Ladros. Oh, no. It's not like I can't just play it again and have <laughs> your health again. So that's the reason I played it. It's not so much about the leveling up, it's about the fact that the payoff is no longer there. Dealing five damage to my face is not enough to make my deck, you know, concede. Where if you're clearing someone's board, yeah, they just lose and there's nothing they can yeah. do about it. And like I said, it's... I was really irritated with just losing from them playing the one card. I was like, all right, I'm just going to make it where I don't have any creatures. And now you're losing to Ladros. Have fun. <laughs> and then I had a really good 
Um, I wanted a really good aggro matchup too, because I saw a lot of aggro while I was playing. So I was like, Karina's very good against aggro. You don't really need Karina herself even, but I like playing her. I think she's fun. It was really like Ladros, and you could just do a Ladros Atrocity deck instead if you wanted to. But the Karina just clears aggro so well that I, I just wanted as much anti-aggro as I could. Um, I had aggro conceding me on turn four or five. It was great. <laughs> just one Withering Whale, or, you know, <laughs> like one Withering well... Whale. And they're done. <laughs> when you're running nine cards that deal one and heal one. Yep, <laughs> um, that too. When you, remember when there was just Vile Feast and now we have nine Vile Feast? So many pings. You can kind of one for one easier too because yeah. you, you get value from Unspeakable Horror now, which yeah. is great for the deck. And too, like if they play a Saboteur, the two one that does one damage to you when they attack, you now have go hard that you can play and you can one for one and not take any damage now. I mean, not that that's like the hugest thing ever, but it's pretty demoralizing for the aggro player for to just see you consistently pinging down all of their targets. And then Thermal Beam is still just a nuts card. Misfortune gets played, Thermal Beam. Jerry gets played, Thermal Beam. Jinx gets played, Thermal Beam. Game's over. Like, you know, obviously those aren't all together, but mm -hmm. um, for the, you know, the Noxus Village Water aggro, you kill Misfortune, they lose the game. And uh, you kill Jinx against the discard aggro, they lose the game. Uh, so let me let me ask like this that. question. Um, so we we talked about how we generally like uh, the meta here. It's it's fairly diverse. There's a lot of different decks that can win. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have a, this is kind of a two parter. The first thing is we just talked about two decks, and earlier we talked about um, Tom and Soraka uh, that basically either punish your opponent for caring about the board or don't care about the board in order to win. Mm -hmm. um, is that a troublesome direction for the meta going forward? Is that something that if these get even more favorable, that it's going to cause a problem? Because traditionally speaking, the I mean, the game design seems to indicate that they want people to play creatures. <laughs> and in environments where you're discouraged from playing creatures a lot of factions tend to and a lot of cards and champions tend to become pointless is that a troublesome issue going forward yeah i think it is a little bit um i honestly i'm not worried about the game and such too i know the devs i know that they want it in the direction that you just said that they're going to want creature and stuff to be played they'll make the adjustments you know they mm -hmm. didn't like it where like lee said that playing a creature also could just you know lose you the game which was a bit sad at times um yeah i think for me personally tom and soraka is a bit worrisome in that regards it's not quite to the point where it's too polarized i it, mm -hmm. it's close it's very close um but something i personally have complained about while playing or streaming is like they played in one man of zero three and now they stopped my next two attacks because Starspring yeah. is the card. That doesn't feel good. And Soraka too, I think at 1-6, maybe a little bit too much health. Maybe because mm -hmm. going up to a 2-7 very easily and drawing consistently, I mean, that's pretty powerful. Um, maybe a little bit too much health. I, I haven't, I'm not for sure on that conclusion yet, but I'm on thought process of that maybe is, maybe could get touched, but I do worry that it would be very easy to make her unplayable, um, which I don't want either. Right. Um, but I do think there is an issue of I can't attack multiple turns because they're playing these creatures now. I have to play the deck. I, I think there's a difference between playing consistently and smart 
and just playing where you're not allowed to do things anymore. Yeah. Like, there's no longer a decision being made. It's just, you don't do that. <laughs> you just don't do it every yeah. time. Um, Where I feel like, I would like if there are scenarios where you are supposed to take that attack or not take the attack. Mm -hmm. But instead it's, all right, it's already been decided for me. <laughs> now, well, let me ask this about the, just while we're on the Tom Sorak. I've, I've been thinking a lot and talking a lot with some of my friends about, um, Soraka and uh and TK and it's been a something that just keeps coming up uh because I think that you know not only because I'm thinking about it in the context of you know we're we're testing games or we're playing it um you know we're talking about it or seeing it in the tournament lineups as I'm you know dev divvying them up I just see it all the time right um and uh my thought on this is what is the problem card? Because every experience I've had with it has been if everything goes wrong for them with Soraka or Tom Kench, they still can win off of a card that you can't get rid of easily. Star Spring? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've seen so many games where I can control Tom and remove Soraka, and I have to go way out of my way to do it. But even if I do... They'll just spam some things onto the board and over two or three turns win by not doing much to my health. Yep. Um, I honestly, I don't know how I would change that. I do think if I were a dev, I would definitely be looking into Star Spring um, based off statistics, but also how players feel about it. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of times where it does not feel like there's much you can do. At some point, you do have to attack to win the game with most decks. Not all of them, but a lot of them that are being played. And there's a lot of times where if you attack and they have Astral Protection, you have just lost the game, and there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Um, that is one of the tough things, I would say, uh, with the deck. I don't know. I don't think, I mean, raising it the three mana, for instance, is the answer. I don't. I think that could help a little bit with the early game, make mm -hmm. it a bit more punishing. Star Shepherd is a little bit less... Oppressive yeah, and... it's like now they have to wait to actually heal this thing up, and then they have to decide between Soraka or Star Spring, which is oh, a yeah. pretty big decision. Um, that could certainly help. I don't know if it's you know perfect by any means. Uh, mm -hmm. I I like the idea of it, and the people have mentioned saying running up the number above twenty two. Obviously, the devs got twenty two for a reason. That's a yeah. very <laughs> yeah, that's very, specific. Uh, that's a specific number. Like, I feel like they tested that quite a bit. Uh, but you know something similar with Aurelian Soul. He was at twenty, now he's twenty five, and it ended up being you know twenty ended up being better than they thought it would. So if they bumped that thing up to twenty five, it wouldn't shock me. Do I think that'd make a huge difference in the deck? No, uh, yeah. maybe not actually. Um, there'd be there'll be times where a one turn difference could be made, and that yeah. does make a difference. I think if you bump that thing to three mana and 25, I think it would see quite a bit less play, but I don't think it'd be unplayable. But you would really have to test that. This this is a kind of deck that's really hard um, as a player to be able to be like, this is how I would fix it. Because a lot of times, you know, as players, we're, mm -hmm. we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> we, we know what's wrong, we but want, we don't we... really know how to fix it. It's really hard yeah. to fix that kind of stuff. It's yeah. really hard. So... Uh, so, okay, so here's my thought. Here's my thought on Kench Soraka. Kench Soraka is the deep 
of this of the target expansion deep came out it pretty much built itself you played it you already kind of knew what it was going to do and at some point it flipped the game and won the game um and this deck it's different don't get me wrong it's different but this is the deck from call of the mountain that built itself oh yeah right well, that part like yes. it's like okay it built itself <laughs> and it it doesn't it doesn't play the exact same but in some ways there are some similarities in it in the fact that you get your star spring on the board you're there's there there's a feeling of inevitability to it right whenever you played against mm -hmm. deep and deep was strong at first it was like there was this feeling of inevitability like eventually they're going to go deep eventually they're going to go deep and their stuff's going to be too big i have to kill them beforehand um, and then with this, there's a feeling of inevitability. And there was stuff that you could do to interact. But with this, there's there's a feeling of inevitability to it as well. Oh, Star Spring's on the board. Oh, Star Spring's on the board. I can't get rid of Star Spring. The one thing that I will say is that we don't have all the cards yet, right? We still have another set of cards coming out. And we have been told that there's going to be a way to remove landmarks for every faction. So that means there are several more ways coming out that we're going to get landmark removal that we haven't received yet. And perhaps some of that landmark removal is a little bit more efficient or at least very flexible so it can do multiple things maybe we will see it get worse because we see a popular deck with an easy form of landmark removal that comes in it i don't know that that will be the case but that yeah. is something to keep in mind because we haven't seen all of that yet there's still something to come here this month sure but i don't i'm not a believer that Printing cards to counter a card yeah. necessarily means that there's not an issue. So, um, I guess what I'm saying with that is, is that if there's already an issue in the current set of things, I don't think you should be like, we'll just print this new card and that will fix it. Like, we saw things with that in The Elder Scrolls Legends, where we had the two mana, five, five, if your lane is full, so you had four creatures in a lane. Um, yeah. You know, that, that card would, you know, just bash people's face and there's not much they could do at times. They printed uh, a two mana four one that said when the lane is full, you'll summon this creature for free, essentially. That was, from my opinion, was made to counter that. And it just, it didn't work. I mean, and uh, but, not necessarily the fact that it doesn't work though as an issue though, but it's like, these are showing that there's an issue and I feel like the issue needs to be addressed and usually it's not through another card. And I think you have to be careful with having too much landmark removal too, because we saw that with supports in um, yeah as well. Is that if there's too much removal, then no one ever plays the support or the landmark. And right now, the only strong landmark really is Star Spring, and the other ones are pretty weak overall. Yeah. So I feel like desensitizing those is going to make it even worse if you have this two mana landmark removal and someone just played, you know, um, Aram for Howling Abyss. For seven mana, now no one's going to play that card. It already has a pretty low play rate. So you don't want to make things to squash out one card that end up squashing out all the other cards too, which I think yeah. is, that could definitely be an issue. Yeah, that's that's kind of been my take on things, which is there's it, they're two different philosophies, you know, and, and the fact that like the, the silver bullet design method uh, has persisted as long as it has over the existence of card games means that some people i guess like it and there has to be at least some merit to it i mean printing counters is is one thing because counters but i think counters being printed needs to be in a broad sense right it, it counters something by indication of what it does well not so much as saying i'm going to stop you from doing what you do well you know card design i think it comes from i mean this is just meets kind of thinking about 
what I have seen that's worked. But um, if you think about how Fearsome is does really well against um, Twisted Fate, I think that's good countering because Fearsome is designed to say, okay, I can handle this this specific type of ways people want to play, but not a specific card or not a specific mechanic. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's good like counter design so to speak um but i do i think that uh lor is going to continue to print uh silver bullet cards yes i mean there's one called uh uh was it unearthed or something like that that blows up all the creatures that have been summoned this turn mm -hmm. uh, passage, uh, passage. That's the one passage unearned. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the biggest silver bullet card printed right. in LOR period. It clearly someone on the design team subscribes to that philosophy. So well, it's to feel the rush beforehand. They they had that planned. Right. Well, and you know, I mean, we and like Sharp Sight. I mean, I happen to think I don't hate Sharp. Bullet, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's flexible enough, but you know, I, I think. Um, Mark, you're right to the extent of there's there might be there's going to be more uh, removal. I don't think it'll be good for the less viable uh, landmarks, like Silver was saying. But you're right; that might deal well, with Star Spring indirectly. In, in this case, they already or directly. They've actually. already <laughs> printed the Silver Bullet, right? They've all, they've already printed a handful of Silver Bullets. I'm just saying that they're going to load the gun with a few more shells, yeah. right? Like, and I and there I think is you're, already as, landmark removal. It exists. Yeah, they're as just much gonna put as a few I more don't like it, as much as I don't like it, uh, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I here, mean, in many ways, I almost wish landmarks had health, like Ice Pillar. You know, <laughs> and, and to be clear, I think that they should adjust Starspring well before they make landmarks worse just because of Starspring, because <laughs> I love Howling Abyss and I yeah. didn't realize how much I would love it until I started playing Ash Ezreal with Howling Abyss in it. And that is like <laughs> been my go to favorite deck. Um, and so I, I yeah, you know, let's yeah. go back. We, we need to wrap up with with Silver here soon because she has, you know, other things to get at uh, today. But I think that one of the things, Silver, that you said early on was a good thing, or maybe DBN you said it, was that a good uh, a good meta has a lot of decks, right? That a, a meta tier list with a lot of decks is a good sign of a healthy meta. And there are like a dozen or 14 A-list decks um, in this meta report. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. <laughs> I said, and they're missing some still. There's lots of other viable decks. I mean, we talked about two of them already Fearsome Aggro and, and Karina Control. And actually, Both three of the S tier decks, we would have moved to A tier. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, that's an enormous amount of A tier decks. Uh, Silver, you first, but do you have any thought or opinion as to, like, why is it? Why, why are we in a situation with so many A tier decks? Did the adjustment to Ezreal impact that in any way? Because that's that's really what I'm curious about. Is is Ezreal? Because there's a lot of Ezreal decks in the A tier. I mean, that seems like the perfect adjustment. I mean, have you ever seen a, a, a champ get adjusted in such a way that suddenly there's there's no S tier, but there's three A tier versions of it? Like that's that's pretty crazy. That seems like the yeah. perfect adjustment. Yeah, I think they did an amazing job with the adjustment. Um, I think it was very well thought out. It's uh, it makes Ezreal feel core to the deck, but not just the the dreadful. Oh, I'm just gonna get first lethal, and this is the game. Another. Oh, I meant to say, I have to throw it out. 
Create a control also very good against Ezreal because there's hmm. no creatures to remove. <laughs> that was another one. Another you can't target me. That. Yeah, you that can't target me. Very true. Um, so yeah, that was just like I said a meta choice that I made. Um, but yeah, I think they did a really great job with the Ezreal change. I think it's you know I put Ezreal's you know a solid like B or A tier champion. He's not overwhelming, but he's not like. You just don't get the same feeling as Dread when you see him hit the board leveled up. Of course, it's still like, ooh, I gotta get rid of this guy, but it's not like, oh, good. If I pass my turn, I just lost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think they did such... Yeah, they did a really fantastic with it, and it's cool to see him viable with multiple other champions. I know that Draven Ezreal's been doing extremely well. I feel like that deck still has a uh, way to go as far as uh, optimizing it goes, but... So there are, you know, ways to improve that deck, I would say. But I think it's in a pretty great spot. I'm really happy with the way that they changed Ezreal. It's... Yeah. And yeah. the meta, too, overall. You can scroll through and you're like, there's a lot of different champions here. Of course, there's some that would still need some love. You know, a lot of people want to see Vladimir get a little get a little love no, uh, no one around here <laughs> no one yeah. around this show no, none of us none of us wish Vlad got buffed. No, no, yeah, we I hate talked Vlad about here. this um, a little bit on my stream the other day, but even I said Lusso, even with Vlad getting a buff, unless it was something like very significant, I said if you wanted to go crazy and make him a bit too good, you would give him six health and give him overwhelm. That would just make him way too good, though. Mm. To be fair, um, I think that you have to buff the units around him. Before the card was carried by the Crimson Disciple two three, um, I would make that thing to a drain. Um, you and then you'd have to do another change too. Uh, maybe the aristocrat I said as a three-two, so then it would be a fearsome blocker, or that deck doesn't really have fearsome blockers before mm -hmm. turn three. Um, you don't want to change or the three mana three-three uh crimson guy. You don't want to trade that into a mystery. You know, you're just gonna lose. Yeah. So I feel like the, that would help. Uh, aristocrat being a fearsome blocker. Um, but yeah, they would just they need more support for it through the scars and the crimson. We... We uh we talked about this actually just recently and uh I think it was two episodes ago. And my conclusion was uh sure Vlad is not amazing, but the bigger issue is lies that the Crimson Package's lack of a payoff card. It doesn't yeah, have anything that exactly. makes it you this, there's no reason to date you're hurting yourself because you're not really getting anything for damaging your stuff. There's no payoff. If you had a guy that says, whenever I take survive damage, give plus one plus one to your biggest unit, then it would be worth playing. You know? Maybe. If, I don't even know if that'd be good enough. I think uh, it, it might be meme enough. Honestly. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. it needs some kind of overwhelm or something. Because like even think about this, you know, we have that stun. There's the general guy that gets plus one one or plus two two. Yeah, the, I think uh, legion... that from all your stuns and recalls, yeah. that card is not good enough for a payoff. So I don't really like because I thought maybe if we were to go with the theme of you know every time um something ha does damage to the other thing and survives, then mm -hmm. you would have some kind of payoff card at the end. It would have to have overwhelm or something. Well, like, you are you in, need to have a finisher. You are in Noxus, so you do get access to might. You get access yeah. to Kato if you if you really need to find Which... ways to get overwhelm. Yeah, well, I mean, what I'm saying, though, is that that's just too pricey for the package. Sure. I've ran Might with Vlad many times now, and it just catches people off guard. Pretty much because if Vlad has regen, uh, people always chump block it, you know, with like a 1-1 one -one yeah. spider or something. So Might does work in a, a really ha-ha <laughs> kind of way. I feel like I Might feel like they need a real that. payoff. Because, um, like, there's still Palm, Vengeance, other things that can really deal with that when mm -hmm. you do play it. It's still, like, just a little bonus when you get it to go off. 
I think you have to have like a real threat and that deck doesn't really have it. Like you have Captain Farron right now, but that's really a Captain Farron deck. It's just the worst, you know, it's just the worst other if, Noxus deck. If Legion Veteran, the four mana four five, whenever an ally survives damage, grant it plus one. If that guy uh well what oh man, so I'm I'm like I feel like this guy is almost what you need. He needs uh, something. But he needs yeah. something because this could be that payoff kind of card he comes down right before vlad you know he but it's almost like giving giving units plus one attack when they don't have overwhelm uh is not enough especially when you're hurting them so they're just gonna die from a trade anyways if you're giving them plus one plus one then it would be crazy I you think, know i think vlad should copy the keywords I, I think vlad should copy the keywords of each thing or he damages uh copy the keywords oh that would be well that's kind of vampiric that's kind of fun come on that's fun come on he deals one damage to the barrier and steals uh, uh, it's kind of fun he, he the grabs. issue is noxus doesn't have a lot of keywords in it no no yeah, no you'd have to go you'd have to go with someone else another, you'd have to go yeah. to targan or uh, or something like that um you, you know but or... but it would be a way to oh god just get, get... A, get elusive from that just yeah i mean you could steal <laughs> elusive off of it yeah, that no, would be kind of crazy wait but the Crimson Pact does damage after he declares the attack, so elusive. Yeah, work. Uh, sure. yeah. I guess if he'd have to, uh, unless he Go, kept you'd it have to attack the next, the next round. Yeah, you'd have to but, keep them. Yeah. Oh, he actually steals them. If he stole the them, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Harry has region leveled up too. That would be pretty spooky. Now, I think I I think really it needs to. I think it needs to come from another engine, some sort of engine card yeah, that probably. when something gets yep. damaged, something good happens for you. It was really just um, a silly, unthought-out idea is really what it was. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, no, I loved it. I, that's the kind of big brain plays I like to see from you, sir. <laughs> but I get that vampiric theme. I like that. Uh, yeah. Well, it's really funny that you brought up Vlad, though, Silver, because this has been... I've been on this horse for, like, two months. Uh, <laughs> Mark is so sick of hearing me bring up Let's Vlad. Let's just put it this way. And I'm, we, I'm so glad you brought it up. <laughs> we, de we definitely know that the dev team doesn't listen to our show, because... Yeah, uh, that's how we know. Because <laughs> Vlad hasn't, re hasn't received a change yet. Uh, or at least oh, not man. a meaningful one. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they've been thinking about it for a long time, but I'm not... I, I heard a rumor from someone saying yeah. Were, but. <laughs> oh. can i just can i just shout out one card that's actually been doing really good for me recently sure and then we'll move on go ahead yeah it's just in noxus so i was just thinking about it armored tusk rider i've been playing with that card Heck is that? and that is so it's a six mana six five with overwhelm enemies with four power or less cannot oh, yeah. damage me yep I there's a that. lot of units with four power or less right now this thing is a beast <laughs> I love this card. Yeah, it is pretty nasty. <laughs> I've been trying to find the best place to play it, you know, and I've been playing it a couple different things. But yeah, actually, Gibbles and Bits turned me on to this card. He's like, yo, check this out. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is this is dumb. <laughs> and then I played it. I'm like, no, it's not dumb. It's really cool. <laughs> it's a lot of two or less power creatures. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You just are. you just start blocking everything. And you're like, ha. <laughs> so fun. Well, it's so like we're. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like a you know, it just comes with it built yeah. in. Um yeah. we're gonna we're gonna move on to our closing thoughts and getting at it here. But before we do that, B and you're not gonna be joining us for that section. Why don't you tell people if they wanted to find your content and get connected with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I am Silver Fuse. Um it's silver the color fused in one word. 
and I'm on Twitter at Severfuse Plays. I'm on Twitch uh, pretty much a few times a week, like four to five times a week on Silverfuse. And then YouTube, I post a new video every day, generally with a new deck. Uh, bit, I play competitive decks, but I mostly play more off-meta and somewhat meme-less. So if you want ideas, feel free to check out my YouTube channel, uh, Silverfuse. And then I have more Silverfuse with more videos even. So I'm pretty busy doing that. But plenty of content if you're interested in any of those yeah go show silver fuse some love go over to her her youtube uh click follow uh click the bell icon i know that's important mm -hmm. somewhere somewhere along the way with some sort of an algorithm so that you'll get notifications definitely go check out her content in our opinion um she does some of the absolute best content on lor uh and and we love having her on the show so thank you for mm -hmm. coming on the show silver just and for thanks for making the content you do what are we going to yeah, say? Just for, just for context, uh, I almost never watch Twitch anymore. I think Silverfuse is the only person I've watched on Twitch for the last two or three months. Like, wow. just for context for everybody, this is like DBN stamp of approval here. If you want to see great LOR content, literally, I, I don't watch anyone else's uh, videos on YouTube for LOR because Silverfuse has enough great content and great diversity of content that I can always find something whether it's meta or off meta or whatever that I want to watch. So guys, seriously, I'm sure the longtime listeners already know, but if you're newer, we've had a lot of new people coming in. Can't recommend silver enough. Yeah. Check her out. Check her out. Well, silver, thank you so much once again for coming on the show and uh, hopefully in the next, you know, couple of months or next month, we'll do another meta spotlight and, and get you back on. And I thought I was already perfect. Okay, guys, once again, thank you so much for Silver to Silver for coming on the show. Be sure that you check out her content. But we do have a closing thought for today. And I've actually had like I've had a couple of sort of things bouncing around in my brain um and i feel like i don't know i feel like i've talked about technology um maybe like technology a little too much recently um so maybe i i shouldn't get into that too much so my, my closing thought today is going to be about the concept of happiness um and it's something that i have found interesting throughout my you know endless like my my limitless wisdom through all the years of life that i've had is sort of the culture's obsession with being happy and and of making sure that other people can be happy and, and it's not that happiness is bad in and of itself but happiness is also in the word happenstance or momentary brief um and so happiness is something that is fleeting it's here and then it's not here and too often in our world we make really really bad and really selfish decisions in order to capture some fleeting moment of happiness we misuse relationships we uh we abuse people in terms of like just not treating them the way that we would want to be treated in order to capture some sort of brief moment of happiness perhaps we make a bad decision uh uh, with, with with any number of different things in life, whether that be financial, relational, um, or or just like physically how we treat our bodies, um, in order to to sort of grab at some sort of happiness in life. So I'm here in my closing thought just to say, life is not all about happiness, and happiness is fleeting. There is more to life, and not only that, you don't actually generally become a better person, a more refined person, a tougher person, a more resilient person by seeking or finding happiness. 
Um, you become a tougher person by facing difficult things. You become more resilient by enduring and by persevering. There is blessing in difficult areas and difficult seasons of life because if you turn to embrace them and not run from them or escape them into any number of different forms of escapism, you become a tougher, more resilient, and a better person. In the end, you end up becoming a better parent if you want to be a parent, a better husband or wife if you want to be a husband or wife, a better employee um, if you're employed because you become more resilient during difficult times. So here's my only thought is, is that happiness isn't the ultimate good in life. And there are things that are not worth sacrificing and things that are not worth doing just to make you momentarily happy. I just encourage you to count the cost. Um, once again, guys, we do closing thoughts simply because we hope that if you've taken an hour and 20 minutes to listen to this show, that there's something that gets added to your life more than just being a better Legends of Runeterra player. Hopefully you're better at life in general. That's it. That's my closing. That was probably too deep and philosophical, but that's my closing thought for this week about happiness. I just get sick of our culture being so obsessed with being happy. Yeah, yeah there's definitely, um, I, yeah, I, I, I can't really put my finger on it but there's there's this idea that if you're not happy like it's not if you're neutral if you're not happy there's a problem mm-hmm. you know and i think sometimes i think we need to stop looking at uh happiness as you know one or the other either you're happy or you're unhappy hey sometimes you're just neutral you know and that's sliding okay. scale baby you know it's okay <laughs> and sometimes being unhappy is okay like yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes being unhappy is okay. And I think, like, I mean, I remember, I mean, I, I'm about to, like, maybe not sound like a very uh, intelligent person here. Uh, but there's a great uh, episode, like an early episode of South Park, which I rewatched almost in its entirety. Uh, I mean, not super intently, okay. but over, uh, almost over got COVID. Almost a second time. <laughs> yeah, no. I actually, I mean, I never watch it, like, in order. I just would watch a lot of episodes just randomly on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched it because it was all on uh, Hulu, I think, uh, like during quarantine. And I think um, there's an episode fairly early on where like one of the characters, uh, I guess his uh, girlfriend breaks up with him and uh, he like joins the uh, the emo kids or uh, yeah, the goth kids or whatever. And is like reveling in this idea that like, oh, the world sucks. You know, that's just like in, in like trying to jade himself to everything. And uh, one of the other characters is like, hey, like, you, you know, you just got you can't stop like getting angry about it. You, you, sometimes you just got to cry about it. Sometimes you just got to be willing to be sad about it because then you value the things that make you happy more. Um, yeah, I, I and mean, so like that's one of the hardest things about happiness is that it's elusive, right? Mm-hmm. That if you never experience unhappiness or difficult times, then what was previously happy for you is no longer happy for you because it now becomes the definition of unhappiness and, and you have to pursue something there, there there's, there's value in experiencing multiple levels of things in life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, that's going to be it for this. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best note to end. Uh, well, let's do this uh, DBN. If people wanted to, well, I, I would say check out and find the content that you're making, but how long has it been? I mean, you're not really doing YouTubes right now, right? Yeah. Throwing me, throwing me under the bus, uh, man. Just Come on. I mean, you can go catch this content. Go, go, go look at it. Go look at it. Yeah. Quick. Go look at all. You know, what's funny is I did get somebody comment on a video from over a year ago, a Tesla video from over a year ago saying, why didn't you make this play? 
And I was like, bro, you, know you what? still playing this game? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should rewatch the video and find try to see why I didn't make that play. <laughs> and I don't know. Was it, I, uh, was it? I was I started and I was like, this is I, I was like, ah, I missed this game, but also I'm not watching all of this to answer a question about a video from a year ago. What am I thinking? This is uh. not worth my time. <laughs> but I almost answered I almost answered the YouTube comment from from that. But That's uh, funny. That's yeah, funny. so if you want to watch old uh, Tesla content, mmm, yum, Tasty. you can go do that. Tasty. There's also old Runeterra content, and I happen to think that the the videos are pretty interesting. But, They're awesome, uh, and they have the be- they have the best thumbnails on on uh, on the internet, in my opinion. Mm, some of the best yeah. thumb- some of the best no, thumbnails well, on the internet. Yes, there are some. Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, I still go back to uh, the vault stack that you have on there on YouTube. So, um, it's uh, it's a cool list. Yeah, that would sure. that would be a valuable video to go back and watch. Um, if you want to mm. check out. What I'm doing, I stream on twitch.tv slash the lift, which is where we are tonight. Um, I do stream uh, live the episodes usually once every two, um, sometimes every week. Um, and I don't do a lot of streaming other than that, but I will be doing more in 2021. Um, so if you want to get ready and prepped for that, which is very exciting, um, go to twitch.tv slash the lift. Uh, also, DBN's YouTube and my Twitch page are both in the description of the show, so you can check it out there. And of course, please join our discord community it is the awesomeness it is fantastic it is what keeps me and dvn largely sometimes some weeks through bad metas especially uh playing uh playing lor at all <laughs> and doing the show is the community honestly um it, it's been awesome and so i love our discord community and spent a lot of time with them i've been playing a lot of DD with them actually um dvn mm-hmm. and i just wrapped up the game that he was running i just started a, a new intro session um and uh, and i've been voice chat leading a D and D game there. And so if you're into that, Hey, there, there are some opportunities in the discord join and say, Hey, I want to check out D and D. We'll give you the proper tag and you can read the rules for joining our Runeterra dungeons of dragon stuff. Uh, but is, yeah, uh, it is pretty fun to play in the Runeterra universe. I, as somebody who didn't more uh, fun than I thought play it was league. So, yeah. So yeah, for real. Cause like as somebody who didn't play league of legends, I don't have an attachment to it, but you know, it's, it's kind of in a, interesting way like making me read up on some of the runeterra lore so that's it's kind of cool what it's been interesting for me to do we shouldn't even talk about this at the end of the show but is that uh it's made me sort of like it, there's some interest in exploring it like i played in Rune and other settings so much that mm-hmm. there really wasn't much left to ex- quote unquote explore because i had read all about it in lore books i know so little about runeterra lore that as i'm writing for this game and creating it's like there's it's like a whole new world to explore which has actually been yeah. more fun than i thought and you can use guns um and so flintlocks flintlocks oh, or man. you could be a yeti <laughs> you can be which dbn is um that's gonna do it for this week guys episode 41 of legends cast season two we really appreciate you and we're thankful for you so thanks for joining us thanks for listening and be sure to come back again next week Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.